Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of My Boomer Buddies Podcast, where we tell them like it was and is. By popular demand, we've got Bill Neuenfeld. Newt is back. And we're going to talk about some nostalgic things, and we're going to talk about current things that we face as baby boomers. Bill, welcome back to My Boomer Buddies Podcast. Thanks, Rick. It's good to be back. We just got back this past week from a trip to see fellow boomer buddy Dan Vickstrom and boomer buddy Joe Chesley came down from Minnesota. And we had a pretty good time, didn't we? Oh, it was great. We had a few beers, had a lot of laughs, uh, visited and met some wonderful friends that Dan has made down there. And uh, we played a little golf, kind of a little bit of a dog track. But I think the course was at least as good or better than all of us on that day. But uh, myself, I'll speak for myself. I, I don't golf well, but I had fun hanging out with you guys. Now, that's a 55 plus community down in Mission, Texas that we went to. And Dan has a beautiful home, and you go out his back patio, and it's right on the 18th green, which is pretty cool. Like you mentioned, we had a few beverages and met some wonderful people. And one thing I was struck by, Bill, is all three days, we had something going on with the people in that community. They're very tight. And like you said, they're they're wonderful friends to Dan. Yeah, I think the the whole aura of those over 55 parks is keeping everyone busy. I think some of it comes internally from maybe the quote unquote management or the leaders, but some of it comes organically. I think they really like to see each other. They have a morning bike ride. They have, what do they have? They have bingo. And then the men got together for anti-bingo and smoked cigars. So it was, it was interesting. I, I kind of think that's a lot what happens in those kinds of parks. Yeah. The first night we got there, they had cigar night and it was hosted by Dan. So we didn't have to go anywhere. And it was fun sitting there on the patio with all these new people, you know, breaking down film, if you would, about all the characters. And there are some characters. I oh, really, yeah. I really enjoyed them. And we also got to see them, if not another time, a couple more times in the following days, as there was a potluck at one of the other uh, places. And that was a trip right there. Yeah, we rode around in golf carts. And while we were doing that, I had a memory of my folks, what, 20 years ago in Peoria, Arizona, at a community much like that, and they had a golf cart. And I remember thinking of them talking about it, and then I went and visited, and I witnessed them having just a ball, and I'm thinking, man, they're old, and it's like a little fraternity, you know, for them down there. And they got their golf carts, and they're tricked out, and they wear their Wherever they're from, they wear the clothing with the Vikings or or whatever where they represent. And I just smiled at that. I, I get it now. You know, it was interesting you say that. I guess it was a subtlety. I noticed it, but it became second nature that most everyone wore something that spoke to where they were from. Of course, I think in general we do that as the public. We like to identify with things, so we right, wear. and it's really highlighted. One thing I noticed: we're not as young as we used to be. As baby boomers, we've thought of ourselves as immortal. 
And now as we we go to bed earlier, I noticed uh, you and, and Joe in particular went to bed a little bit earlier than I did, but we need to do that. We hit our mortality. Through doing that, we have to take measures now, don't we? to try to eat healthier. We take vitamins and things like that. And I noticed we shared a few things that we do. Yeah. By the way, have you tried the L-theanine yet? I mean, yeah. No, I haven't gotten out. I will. It's worked. It's been a good supplement for me. And I can't say it's revolutionary, but Aaron and the kids really, they like it. So I know Dan's brother-in-law, he shared a concoction he takes every morning with olive oil, lemon juice, and what's the, the, the kick? Cayenne peppers. Cayenne peppers. I got to make sure I have some. I'm going to start trying that. See how you I You might like. want to start with just a little bit of that pepper. He, what did he say? A teaspoon of it in the end, he ended up taking it in there every day. Yeah. He said, you might want to try just a little less to start. I thought, oh, I guess so. Yeah. I'm going to be pretty conservative at first with that, but I, I am going to try that. We are uh, mortal beings now, and we got to take care of ourselves. We have more doctor appointments and all that now. And you boomers listening out there, I'm sure you can relate. If you want to share anything with Bill and I, uh, please email myboomerbuddies4 at gmail.com. We'd like to hear your comments and your take on some things and any content you want to hear. Bill's a regular. He's been here before, and he, he knows the routine. And He's one of your buddies now, too. Uh, I appreciate knowing him all these years. And it, it's also fun when we got together. It's like no time has passed. But when we look at each other, time has passed. Yeah, how do we deal with that? I know how I deal with it. Your personality is still the same. My personality is still the same. We've got more life experiences now that we can share. But it's a lot like when we first met. We shared our experiences and they they gel pretty well and i think that's why we're such good friends and the same with joe and dan who are down there as well i don't know if you have anything to add to that but it's like putting on a pair of comfortable shoes again when we get together yeah. i had someone describe me one time as, you're like an old shoe i thought should i actually take that as a compliment <laughs> I, I think did, that was me yeah. i think that was me bill man uh <laughs> Gee, thanks. Anyway, <laughs> but honestly, at this point, I, I don't feel around you guys. I feel the same as I ever did. You know, the daily agendas are a little different. We talk about our kids, our wives, our significant others, our, you know, spat, smattering of life's experiences. And what was that? Grandkids. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeepers. Yeah. That's a big. So, you know, he's showing a lot of pictures and, uh, you know, that's. And, we're, you know, we're all in the same boat. You get kids, you get grandkids, you love them all. And so it's just fun to share and look at pictures. And, of course, then Dan's son came down and brought his daughter, Dan's granddaughter. And now I feel like she's another part of my family, you know. Right. You know. She was five years old, very smart, and she gained three more grandpas with her visit. <laughs> that was funny. It was Grandpa Dan, Grandpa Rick, Grandpa Bill, and Grandpa Joe. And she hooked right onto that, man. She oh. was loving that. I got four sugar daddies now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she played it up pretty well, too. Oh, yeah. No, no. She was an expert at that. 
Yeah. 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 That, that made so. the trip even, even more fun. Another thing, you know, I mentioned that we've changed since the 45 years we've met. Now we pee in Morse code. We, <laughs> we, we go to bed earlier, you know, we get up yeah. earlier than we did back in the day. It's all the same. We're still buddies. We just adapt, we, right? We drink, we drink fewer beers over a shorter period of time <laughs> and less often. Right. I mean, I used to, when we were, would be together, I mean, it was, you know, it was just a way of life. We're drinking a beer, drinking a beer, drinking a beer. Now, after two or three, I'm like, oh, you know. Let's elaborate here. We're boomers, right? We grew up in what we feel is the greatest era for cars, music, clothing, whatever. We're grateful to our parents, the greatest generation, but they taught us to work hard. A lot of us didn't have too many jobs. Our parents had one job usually, and they worked it all the way through and got the gold watch at the end. Yeah. You know, we we had a few more jobs, but I know our kids, they hop jobs all the time. Yeah. I don't know if you have There's any thoughts a, on that, but it's incredible. Well, it's just a, it's a different mindset. This morning, and one of the gals that works behind the desk there, um, her husband, has been coming in with the baby quite a bit. And I said, is he working now? No, he quit his job. Oh, okay. Well, you got a new baby, trying to set up a new house, uh, just got married. I said, what's he going to do? Well, he isn't quite sure yet. Uh, he just wasn't real happy where he was at. And uh, he's looking, he's got several prospects. And, uh, and in my mind, I never quit a job without another job. And right. our parents, of course, as you say, never quit the only job they had. They just hoped they'd get paid more. We quit and moved for better working conditions, better salary, um, better situations for our family, time off and such. And now, if they just don't feel good about the job, they quit. And there's another job waiting. I don't know about you, Rick, but when I came out of college looking for a teaching job, they you almost couldn't find one. Every job right. had 500 resumes sent for it. And I did not ever secure a teaching job because of so many people in it. I ended up in the insurance business and, you know, everything works itself out. But uh, it's sure. in today's world, the world of the right now, um, there's a million jobs out there that these kids can do and they're getting paid a lot better than we were now on an inflationary scale, how much better? I don't know if I could answer that. I'd have to really, but I think it's a bit better than we were doing, man. I, I don't think I was barely making $10,000 the first year out of college. That ain't good. Now they're making 40, 50 right out the gate. Right. And their expectations are after a year, they're going to gain another $20,000. And uh, that just blew me away. They expected a lot of things without really doing extra. I know you and I and fellow boomers out there, when we worked, if we had to put in extra time to do the job right, sure. we did it. Okay. Now we're considered foolish for having done that. When that eight hours is done, you know, I saw firsthand, 
they didn't want to pick up the phone and answer from somebody yeah. that needed help job related. They said, Nope, when I'm done, I'm off hours. I'm off hours. There may be something healthy to that, but it goes against the grain of our boomer yes, yeah. thinking, right? In my mind, it's like, okay, if I can take that phone call at seven o'clock at night from this independent contractor to get the job done while they're there, it'll save me a headache yeah. in the morning or having to plan for them to go back because they didn't know what to do. It's different. The, the mindset is definitely I, I, different. One difference is we were task-related or task-driven, and now they're all about themselves, and they're not as task-driven. They're driven by, I'm giving you this many hours, and you're giving me what you agreed to give me. And if you don't increase what you give me after year one, I'll go somewhere else because there's a bunch of jobs out there. It's probably good for the worker in a way, but my DNA tells me, and Aaron and I tell our children this, work way harder than you're paid for and be task-driven. Don't be hour-driven and go above and beyond the task. And the right people will notice it. If they don't, that's the job you move on from. If they do and they reward you, then you can stay. But it always gains you favor to be the better person. Regardless of whether or not you get the increase from this employer, you'll get it from someone else. And on top of that, your dignity will always be high because you know you're working as hard or harder than you're being paid for. Don't complain. Sometimes make sure they know you're doing it, but it's it's uh, it's how I'm driven, and I think it's a good way to be. It is how we were taught to be. That's the way it was. We looked at our parents. Some of them were loyal to a fault with their jobs, and I know that I was taught to work hard, keep your head down, work hard, and it'll pay off. And I think I had four maybe four jobs yeah. in my career, maybe five, a couple at the same time, you know, side jobs and everything. But it is much different. And I know we're generalizing. I don't want people that aren't boomers out there to, you know, to, to go off the deep end over what we're saying. Generally, what we're saying is very mm -hmm. true. It's something that as boomers, we need to recognize. And i tell you what, there's some good people out there. I worked with some really good people that were younger than me, and they, I, I'm thinking of one person in particular, very good work ethic and almost an old soul. So, yeah, that's the work environment nowadays, and I'm very glad to yeah. be retired. And I know that you're still working, but you have a job where you're yeah. a pilot. And if you want to talk about that for sure. a couple of minutes. One brief thing back mm -hmm. to the 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 work ethic now versus before. I'm not trying to say that it's not right right now and the way people in the workplace are is not correct. I think the workplace has driven people there too. So mm -hmm. all I'm doing, and I think, I hope everybody understands, we're only trying to point out the differences there. So yeah, my job as a pilot, I kind of got lucky. And when I say that, I went through my entire life as a salesman, but I learned how to fly during that time. I started late flying age 39 because 
I didn't ever think I deserved to fly or that I had the money to learn how to fly when all along I probably did. So it was always one of those, mm -hmm. it's way out there, it's not for me. But at some point I realized, wow, I can do this. So I finished and got my license and kept selling and then dabbling in it. I got my commercial license, dabbling in it and helping. And, um, and then a little over five years ago now, uh, I approached someone at the local airport because there was a King Air 200 stationed there that does medevac particularly patient transfers, one level of care to another, a lower level to higher level. We take transplant people uh, and things like that. So I approached a nurse and a pilot that were standing in the FBO, and lo and behold, that pilot was resigning, and uh, he'd gotten another job, and they'd be looking for someone. So they gave me uh, someone's name, I called them, and Shazam, um, all of a sudden I'm doing this job and it's, it's a different job. It's very gratifying. You help sick people get to a place where they can get well again. It can be demanding. I work 12 hour shifts, seven days in a row, but then I'm off for seven. Then I work 12 night shifts in a row where I'm on call all night long. And then I'm off for seven. So the night stuff's kind of tough on me and I've been able to shed a little bit of it to the younger guys, but it's a super gratifying job. When you talk about work ethic and time, the FAA dictates how much time I can fly sure. as a pilot. Uh, we're under the Federal Code of Aviation Regulations, Part 135, and they are specifics. Now, it's interesting, as, as boomers, there's the first-tier boomers, I call them, and then the second tier, we're pretty much second tier on the front end of that second tier. For us, we now are starting to retire or have recently retired. I know today when I went in for my six-month oncology appointment, I had to bring out the Medicare card for Me the too. first time. And then, and then the supplemental you know, card that I have now, too. And I was wondering how that was going to go. And the, the person that helped me, she was a little, she was kind of looking, and she ended up scanning both the cards just to make sure everything was in there. But uh, I witnessed somebody last year at the Walgreens picking up a, a prescription, and they were a little nervous about it because it was a first-time thing. And they went in and deleted all of their old information that Walgreens had. They had to delete all these other things. It's kind of scary, like, yeah. okay, they deleted yeah. that. Well. It's not in effect anymore, so it's okay to delete it. But anybody out there listening or watching, you've gone through that. You know what we're talking yeah. about right now. It's kind of interesting so. because I just did that yesterday. Uh, I'm scheduled for a procedure next week, next Wednesday. And I thought, well, I better let the hospital know. As of 1-1, I changed to Part A and B of Medicare and then a supplement because of a problem with our uh, company health insurance, which is a whole nother subject. But anyway, um, I have a high level of confidence in it because I was in that business in my first career. And I know how regimented Medicare pays. And it's not, it's not a, um, shall I say, it's not a super deluxe plan. But it's steady, Eddie, man. And if you got a good Medicare supplement that plugs right into it, 
and there's very little to worry about from uh, from a non-payer claims standpoint. You had an advantage, Billy, because you were in the business. But when you start getting to that age, the time of year, all the commercials yeah. come on. You know, especially we watch a lot of Me TV, <laughs> and that's the target audience for Maybe. Medicare and and the supplemental. And and you get a little scared. Like you're going to make a mistake picking the wrong supplemental plan. I know Sharon, Sharon and I, we went through that. We're pretty comfortable now. We made the right choice for us, we feel, and we had some good help on the other line. So all of, all of you out there that are facing that, just educate yourself like anything on what's best for you. One quick point, and this could help our viewers in dealing with a claim that I had on our company health insurance I was speaking to one of the vendors and telling them, please be patient as I get United Healthcare to pay this anyway. And I told her I was going on Medicare. She said, there's a website you can go on. That's very informative. It's called MedicareUniversity.com. And she said, there's a bunch of YouTube videos about it too, which, you know, I always forget because again, we're not from, we're boomers, right? We uh, had to learn from a book. Pull out the service manual on that Ford. Now, cue up a, a YouTube video and you can change an engine, you know? So anyway, right. she turned me on to that. So maybe if that'll help our viewers, youtubeuniversity.com and or just go on YouTube and Google Medicare, Medicare supplements and ask a lot of questions. We appreciate you watching my Boomer Buddies podcast. Go on to YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hit the share. Hit the like and subscribe and tell your friends about it. We're getting a pretty good catalog of episodes. Uh, Bill's been on with Quincy before, and he's been on by himself. You got to know him. Go back to the catalog and check out some more. You can also check us on Buzzsprout and Spotify. That's another way to check out My Boomer Buddies podcast. We appreciate you spreading the word. We're going to wrap this up, but I want Bill to finish off with a joke. He's known for his jokes. Go ahead, Bill. It's interesting, but since I moved to Arkansas, I don't have the joke um, um, network here that I had in Minnesota. I think Minnesota people really know jokes, but a lot of these are jokes I remember. But this, you know, there's a lot of Ole and Lena jokes, of course. So you'll hear me tell oh, sure. this. But, uh, you yeah, betcha. So you betcha. So Ole and Lena were having trouble with their sex life. So. They went to the counselor and he said, ah, yeah, Oli, do you love Lena? Oh, yeah, I love her. Oh, yeah. How about you, Lena? Do you do you love Oli? Oh, I love Oli, yeah. And he turns me on so much, you know. I don't know what's going on, why this isn't happening. And so they spoke for quite a while. And the counselor said, I think if Lena could have a hot milk bath, maybe she would relax. And Oli said, yeah, yeah go over to Sven's farm. He's got lots of milk there. We'll go there. So they left and they went home and they went over to Sven's about the time Sven was finishing milking for the evening. And Ole and Lena walked in and said, Sven, Alina's having a hard time relaxing so we can get it on, you know, and would you mind if we got some milk and got her in a milk bath? And Sven said, Ole, yeah, my wife and I do the same thing. In fact, Right through that door, there's a tub, and there's a robe hanging there, Lena. Just go through there, and we'll pump the milk right through. It's warm because it just come out of the cow's teats, you know. 
And uh, so Lena disappears through the door. And uh, Sven looks at Oli and he said, Oli, would you like that milk pasteurized? And Oli said, no, just up over hoots is good enough. <laughs> pasteurize? <laughs> Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. Anybody from up uh, up Northway, up in Minnesota, you hear a lot of those jokes. So, Bill, thanks again for visiting with us. One of the Boomer Buddies. Always good to have thanks, you man. on here. Please tune in again next time for my Boomer Buddies podcast. For Bill Neuenfeldt, I'm Rick Reed, and we'll see you around the block. Around the block.